Welcome. It's a pleasure to introduce this edition of the editorial highlights of clinical medicine. This edition is the May 2020 edition and comes at a time when most readers and listeners will be dealing with aspects of the COVID-19 crisis in some form. And inevitably, the content we have reflects that. About 50% of what is in the journal this month is COVID-related, and unashamedly so. And there's a small amount of material which relates to clinical practice. But given that most readers, listeners will be familiar with their own local guidance, we have tried to avoid duplicating well-supported messages, but really in that context, given an overall feel. What we have concentrated on, however, is to try to focus on some of the areas which may be somewhat neglected. So whilst everyone is familiar with the idea of the thrombotic and respiratory aspects of the disease, Shamir Mehta has produced a very nice piece to look at nutritional aspects. And whilst it focuses on the nutritional challenges uh, in patients with COVID, both the aspects of uh, those who are overweight when they arrive, but also importantly, those who develop the significant weight loss and anorexic problems that occur during the run of the illness. He's also made the case for a broader nutritional culture to develop in the context of patients who are acutely ill. And I think that's one of the many opportunities uh, that presents itself to clinicians in the hereafter. And Shamir's paper is very timely and uh, neatly written, I think, to encourage the readers to pursue that. A large quantity of material that's also showcased relates from specialist organisations. We are very fortunate in the United Kingdom to have outstanding specialist organisations, which have been very much on the front foot of dealing with this as much as the colleges and individual doctors and nurses have been. And we've got really strong pieces, I think, from uh, British Thoracic Society colleagues, from British uh, Cardiac Society colleagues, the Association of British Neurologists, and also uh, rheumatology colleagues, all of whom have penned very strong pieces around the response to the, the COVID crisis. So the rheumatology piece focuses on how evidence was pieced together to help um, define uh, risk patients and to help the clinicians seeing rheumatology patients on complex medicines and with complex multi-system diseases um, be handled by those less familiar presenting uh, presented with these patients. The respiratory piece obviously focuses very strongly on uh, the aspects of management which are most familiar to clinicians, but presents this in a very punchy, utilitarian type way. And equally, the contributions from urology have showcased how some of the triaging of patients could be undertaken best, as well as the cardiac piece, which looks at the importance of understanding some of the controversies that have arisen around uh, certain drugs being available or not being used, uh, and how that misconception may have arisen, and really how to practice safely in this context. So really, this whole stream of work in publications has been around trying to help clinicians meeting complex patients in an acute crisis situation be comfortable managing both the acute situation, but also in the context of the chronic, often multi-system illness. And the pieces that are in here are, I think, very helpful in that regard. And the final one to showcase of the COVID pieces that in particular is the one by Andrew Davis and Joe Hayes, uh, which really looks at palliative care issues. And I think these will run through way beyond the acute setting of the earlier pieces cited. Um, I think the impact of this disease on patients and staff 
um, and on services is incredibly important. And whilst as physicians we often think about this in a hospital setting, the, the broader outlook of this in terms of palliative care in the community is something which is going to probably affect us all. And, and Andrew and Joe's piece is a very strong one in that regard, and I really strongly commend that to you. Beyond this strong clinical content, we're also pleased to have some of the other material which the COVID crisis has um, triggered in physicians. There's a piece uh, by John Thomas and colleagues on the use of PPE and the interpreting the guidance from NHS England, and it raises ethical questions that some of us have already balanced ourselves, but gives it in a, a wider format. There are pieces on how the pandemic has challenged our ability to deliver the goal of personalised medicine, um, and that's another important aspect which is covered by Fernandez and colleagues in this edition. And there's also a piece on drive-through testing, which is controversial, but the experience of one centre is given. And I think it's important to have some authoritative pieces, as well as some of the personal experience pieces in this. And again, we're very pleased to have had a lot of authors submit. I must say that the volume of content we've received has been wonderful to have, and we're incredibly grateful for all the the team, both obviously within the journal's publication team at the college, but also importantly, the wider uh, readership who, whilst busy clinically uh, and in changed circumstances, have been very generous with their time in terms of reviewing and giving very clear, direct feedback. So I would say that despite some people's anticipation that the pandemic may see a loosening of peer review, we found peer review to be stronger than ever and more important than ever, and are really delighted to have the input and response we've had from colleagues. And I think that is part of what makes this a very strong addition. Now, I'd also like to talk about some of the non-COVID content. Unfortunately, we've had to drop this month's planned CME section, but this is just a one-off, we hope, to accommodate the extra content we've had, and we plan to return to this later on this year. The other material, though, there is the usual collection of very strong clinical observance that we are really delighted to have in the journal. So whilst we have had to sacrifice the CME section, we are delighted to be able to continue to present some high quality reviews. And I'd like to particularly showcase the one by Peter Tyra on the importance of identifying and managing health anxiety uh, for physicians. And there are also important original research articles, um, one by Hussein and colleagues uh, describing the commonest presentation of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in patients uh, attending hospital another liver paper on the impact on admissions with decompensated alcoholic disease by regulating the sale of uh, high-potency uh, beer. Uh, there's an important paper by Zanazni et al. on the impact of the Tracy judgment on both the rate and outcomes of um, cardiac arrests in hospital. And I think this wealth of material is typical of what we like to continue to publish in clinical medicine, namely content which has a direct impact on the physician in their practice, both for the specialist and non-specialist scenario. I'd like to also highlight a new series we're launching, the Research in Brief section. And this is an attempt to take some of the key papers from the important general journals or the highly impactful specialist journals, identify those key papers and distill their message down into a bite-sized piece for our readership. And um, we have two to launch the series, written by Tessa Cacciatolo, one of our outstanding trainee associate editors. Um, the intention being to present 
piece, key information which we may otherwise miss um, in a way which is accessible and highly relevant to the practicing physician. Now, in concluding, I've spent most of the time talking about our print uh, material, but I also want to finish by mentioning what we have available online. This online content is important. It allows us to publish uh, ahead of print material which is important to share. So exemplified by the current COVID crisis, when there's learning to be shared with colleagues nationally or internationally, we can get that message out quickly. But beyond that early dissemination is also the fact that we can publish a larger volume of material and material which is bulkier, which has more supplementary uh, tables and figures, which is subject to the same peer review and the same metrics and the same impact factors, etc., as our main publications, and therefore is as important. But it gives us a wider opportunity to share high-quality material produced by uh, you, our readership. So I'll conclude by thanking you for your time, hoping you're encouraged to find something um, instructive, enjoyable in the print and online versions of the journal and feeding back to us as you see fit. And above all, uh, thank you and wishing you to stay well. All the very best.